0: I'm a grateful alcoholic. My name is George. George. I like to start off every week with the same thing. I don't speak for Alcoholics Anonymous, but I do want to take this time at this moment to express my gratitude to, first of all, all those people who were in my life when I got here and are no longer with us because I stand on the shoulders of giants, and they really were, because most of them that I know uh, that carried the message of hope to me died sober with many, many years. that's the first people I want to thank, and I want to thank my God for giving me the opportunity, no matter how I was feeling over the last three months, to show up every Monday and uh, do this with you people uh, because there's a lot of Mondays I didn't want to show up, uh, a lot of health problems going on, and that doesn't change, but I was always told that if I take a commitment, I need to show up a lot different than the man that walked in, and third, I uh I want to thank all of you for putting up with me for all this time and that sometimes that's, I know I throw out a lot of information because that's who I am because of the enthusiasm I have for this program. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of things in the 12 step and I'm going to, I believe we do, you know, having had a spiritual awakening is the result of these steps. We try to carry this message to others and practice these principles in all our fears. It's really for me a three week discussion and I want to try and do this in one. Uh, we have a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps, and we're trying to break this down in all three areas. Uh, and what we get, uh, is, uh, each step, and you know, when I came in here, I said, I know there's a payoff, there's this thing called sobriety, and my sponsor says, yeah, the payoff is if you don't drink, you don't get drunk. It was really a simple statement. And you've got a mind like mine. That was beyond anything I could wrap my hands around. And I didn't understand surrender and the language you talked. And I was still so caught in selfish and self-centeredness that I had no joy of good living. There was no joy of living. There was. I wanted to die. I sat in these rooms in a lot of pain. And I didn't think the steps were going to work for me. So I read the book to prove to you that I would find a loophole to get me out of here. Uh, the more I read that book, the more I knew I belonged here, especially we agnostics. I thought it was going to be, there's my excuse. We're going to not talk about God. And that whole chapter is full of God. You know, there's a part in our literature that I love. It says we uh, earnestly advise every alcoholic to read the book through. And though perhaps he came to scoff, he'll remain to pray. Uh, I didn't come here to pray. I didn't come here to get God. I just wanted to stop hurting. And, you know, the process of working the 12 steps... Not only did I stop hurting the desire to drink, the gift from God, the grace of God entered into me and took away that desire to drink. I can't tell you when it happened. I just know that one day I called my sponsor and told him I didn't think about drinking. He said, good, whatever you did today, do it tomorrow. I don't know what I did. You know, I always say that because it's true. I don't know what I did. All I did was what was laid out in front of me. I balked, I squawked, but I did it in spite of what I thought, what I felt, and what I wanted. Uh, you know, I come in here and, I, and, and you know, I did the work that was laid out for me. And the payoff, you know, I always want to know what the payoff is. My sponsor suggested that I go to the 12 and 12 and read from page 107. There's a very long paragraph, and I'm going to read that one paragraph tonight. Step one showed an amazing paradox. We found that we were totally unable to read of the alcohol obsession until we first admitted that we were palace over it. In step two, we saw that we could not restore ourselves to sanity. Some higher power must necessarily do so if we were to survive. Consequently, in step three, we turned our will and lives over to the care of God as we understood him. For the time being, for the time being, uh, we who were atheists agnostic. Agnostic discovered that our own group or AA as a whole would suffice as a higher power. Beginning with step four, we commenced to search out those things in ourselves which had brought us physical morals and spiritual bankruptcy. We made a searching and fearless moral inventory. Looking at step five, we have to quit the deadly business of living alone with our conflicts and honestly confine these to another human being. At Step 6, many of us balked for the practical reason that we did not wish to have all our defects of character removed, uh, because we still loved some of them too much, yet we had to make a settlement with the fundamental principle of Step step 6. So we decided that while we still had some flaws of character we would not relinquish, we ought nevertheless to quit our stubborn, rebellious hanging on to them. We said to ourselves, this I cannot do today, perhaps, but I can stop crying, no, never. Then in step seven, we humbly asked God to remove our shortcomings such as he would or could under the uh, day we asked. In step eight, we continued our house cleaning, for we saw that we were not only in conflict with ourselves, but we also saw saw people and situations in the world in which we live. We had to begin to make uh, make our peace, and so we listed the people who we had harmed and became willing to set things right. We follow this up in Step 9 by making direct amends to those concerned except when to do so would injure them or other people. By this time, Step 10, we began to begin the basis of daily living, and we keenly realized that we need to continue taking personal inventory, and when we were wrong, we ought to admit it promptly. In Step 11, we saw that a higher power has restored us to sanity and enabled us to live at some peace of mind in a sorely troubled world, uh, then such a power is worth knowing better, by direct contact as possible. Uh, the persistent use of meditation and prayer we found did open a channel which where once had been a trickle, there now is a river, which led to, uh, to sure and safe uh, guidance from God as we increasingly understood him better. So practicing these steps, we had a spiritual awakening about which there was finally no question. Looking at those who had only began and still doubted themselves, the rest of us were able to see the change set in. From great number of such experience, we could predict to the doubter who still claimed he didn't get the spiritual angle uh, and who was still considered his well-loved AA group a higher power, he would presently love God and call him by name. Uh, my experience through those steps, uh, that tells me what the payoff is. I'm going to find a God by doing these steps that I'm going to have a relationship with. And I didn't have a know no how to have a relationship with another human being, uh, with myself or with God. And when I came in here, they told me I was going to have three relationships. The first relationship I was going to have with myself through an understanding of working steps. And through that relationship, I was going to get a God of my misunderstanding, my understanding, your understanding, it didn't matter as long as it wasn't me, they told me. And by taking in, getting involved in that relationship, I was allowed to bring other people in eventually. And eventually, by staying here long enough, I know that my first relationship is with my God because I believe in the ABCs very much, that no human power is going to relieve my alcoholism. Not my sponsor, not my friends, not the people in this room or any room like it. It's about my direct relationship with God. And I didn't want to hear that when I got here uh i am very grateful that i did hear that uh so you know i the uh, you know and that god can and will is what the original transcript of the aa literature says and i'm a big believer that god does re, has relieved my alcoholism uh, i will always be an alcoholic but i am a recovered alcoholic and what i've recovered from is the hopeless helpless state of mind uh you know that's what happens when i come in and i practice these steps Now, being here a little while, I look at the steps a little differently because now I can intellectualize them a little bit more because I've been here a little while. And what I do see is that I know that each step has a supposition. It supposes something. In step one, it tells me that if I'm powerless alcohol and my life is unmanageable, that's the supposition I walk in there with. Step two gives me my solution, that there is a power greater than myself. Third step, uh, I I can make a supposition that... uh, Uh, I'm making a decision to turn my own life over to care of God. The action I need to get that result is to do a fourth-step inventory. Made a moral the searching for all inventory. Fifth step, the supposition is I gotta to go to myself to God into another human being. The result of that is a sixth step. I get to see my character defects. The seventh step is I start practicing those things which are good, which is a supposition that I'm gonna be changing my behaviors, which I didn't know how to do. Uh, I had to learn to act my way in a good thinking. And in step eight, I get the result by making a list of the people that I'm gonna go out now and clear away the mess I created. And in step nine, it supposes that I'm gonna go do this. And if I do go out and clear the wreckage away, uh, I get to look at the the action of the 10th step. So I don't have to add to that list. Uh, and the 11th the supposition is that I'm going to practice through prayer and meditation. The 12th step is how I practice my prayer and meditation. In many different ways, I practice that. So, you know, it's a little different than when I walked in here. I'm one of those that came to scoff, and I'm one of those that remained to pray. The book talks about people like me. Uh, you know, when I came in here, the only thing I did is wanted to stop hurting. So my spiritual awakening had nothing to do with what I believed was going on. What it had to do with was the actions I was taking because they told me this program is all based on action. Uh, What I've learned is that the the spiritual experience that I've got to see by staying here, my own as people sorted me, and now that I get to see another is to watch someone walk in this room the very first day, beaten, broken, looking down, at the ground, not looking out, uh, not pointing their finger at everybody in the room of what they're not doing. And as I stay here, I learn to look inside myself and look up to God. And that's a big change for someone like me. You know. In the, in the 12 and 12, it says a spiritual experience is that we now can do, see, and feel that which we could not do before on our own aided will alone. Uh, my spiritual experience came from a result of working the steps. My relationship with God came from the love of the people in this fellowship that introduced me to a God that I had no understanding of at all. And, uh, you know, we talk about love and tolerance is our code. I always share this. that, But I believe there's a guiding principle. It's the giving rather than getting. So having had the spiritual experience as the work of these steps, first I was taught I had to work these steps. And as I apply these steps in my life, I decide this is a design for living that I want. I now have the ability to live these steps. And that's what I do. I live these on a daily basis. I don't live them 100% of the time. Uh, I still have self-will that will draw me back into disillusionment, rationalization, and all those negative things over the 12 weeks I've been sharing with you was the person that was that walked in here. But because of you people, And the people like you in rooms like this, I started not wanting to be that person anymore. And the actions I took through doing the work that was laid out before me, somehow or other the grace of God came into me. And grace sometimes is not pleasant. Sometimes God gets my attention in very painful ways. Tom is in this room and I'm gonna use the example of something that happened this weekend. I don't like to talk about good works because I was told we do random acts of kindness because we're supposed to do them. And when you talk about them, it loses their power. Uh, I was at a uh, different meeting the other day and uh, Tom came over and said, do me a favor, tell them about your kids. To somebody who's, I guess, pretty new. And I told them the story about what went on with my children over the 14 year wait and what I did and writing letters and sending them to myself and all the stuff I did. And I walked away and I don't know how that was going to affect somebody else. My job today, I was told, is to give the message. What someone else does with it is no longer my business. I can't fix anyone. All I can do is give my experience. Uh, when I walked in tonight, Tom says, boy, he was so grateful. What a gift from God that is. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the the people before me taught me how to do that I've been blessed enough to be able to pass it to someone else none of this is original none of this is mine <coughs> yeah, uh, it says every alcoholic member declares that no satisfaction has been a deeper and more joy than 12 uh, step work well done I have no idea if my 12-step work is good or bad. My job is to show up and take someone to detox when they're in trouble, to go with someone else if they need to speak to somebody. Uh, I always tell the story of the very first 12-step call I was on. I was 30 days sober. My sponsor grabbed me and took me into a bar. And I was scared is. I can't go into a bar. He says, yes, you can. You're with me. I'm, it's going to be okay. Somebody call for help, and we don't go alone. And I walk into this bar, and he said, we sit down, and this guy is a little loot And he says, tell him your story. He says, I got 30 days. I can't help him. You got 40-plus years. He says, tell him your story. He'll relate to you a lot better than, he, than he'll relate to me. I don't know if this guy ever made it, but I'll tell you one thing. I saw all that was going on in that bar, and I didn't want to drink that night. I saw all the insanity and... The people that came in laughing when we started and the arguments and the fights and all the insanity that goes on in the bar, I was getting to see it in a different light. Now, that, I don't know if that guy ever made the rooms. I have no idea what his name was, but I'll tell you one thing. He gave me another day to stay in this program. And that's what it started with, one day at a time. And, you know, I'm going to talk about that in a little while. So it says, to watch the eyes of men and women open to the wonder as they move from darkness to light, to see their lives quickly filled with new purpose and meaning, to see whole families reassemble, to see the alcoholic outcast really back into his community in full citizenship, and above all, to watch these people awaken to the presence of a loving God in their lives. These are the substance which we receive when we carry the message to the next alcoholic very beginning of our book, right back at the very, very beginning in the prefaces, it says, it's vital to permanent recovery that one alcoholic work with another. Before we even get into Bill's story or anything else, it's telling me it's vital to my permanent recovery. Uh, I wanted permanent recovery. I wanted a useful and contented life. I had no idea that things were possible for me. Uh, What I do know is by doing what was laid out in front of me, something happened can't say how it happened or what happened. I know what happened today. God's grace came into me and took away the obsession to drink. Uh, He expelled that from me. He ripped it out of me. Uh, He hasn't taken away a lot of my other exceptions. That's why I have a sixth and seventh step uh, to work on those. Uh, He's given me the ability to see myself a lot more clearly, uh, to differentiate a lot of the truth from the false. Sometimes I'll tell somebody a story uh, and I still don't know, and I'll always clarify some of my stories because I don't know if it's real or not. I still have a warped perception of how it was before I got here. There's a lot of things I don't remember before I got here. There's a lot of things I wish I could forget. Uh, you know, Those were the things that I had, but purposeful forgetting kept me in self-delusion for a long time. And it was the grace of God through loving sponsorship that dug those things out of me And when I did my fourth step and my fifth step. Um, it tells us alcoholics... Um, It says alcoholics, when we were were looked at by uh, some therapists said that most alcoholics uh, under investigation are childish, emotionally sensitive, and grandiose. Uh, You know, I talk about the sixth tradition, Money, property, and prestige diverts me from my primary purpose, which is to be of service to another human being, another alcoholic, especially. Uh, you know, I got to remember that those were my higher powers walking in here. And when I didn't get what I wanted, when my sponsor said, Do something, I stumped my feet. I was still childish. I want what I want when I want it. That hasn't changed 15 plus years later. I still want what I want when I want it. I just don't act out on it in the same way. And I have an awareness today because uh, I'm emotionally sensitive. You tell me. Hello. Five people in this room tell me hello, and somebody walks by me. I want to know what I did to offend that person. My head will run with that for hours at a time, and it has nothing. It's not personal, but I'll take it personal. I still have that emotional sensitivity, uh, and that's something I was told that'll keep me from seeing the real truth a lot of times. See, my truth is my truth, and it and it's mine, and it's it's real and it's valid, but it may not be the truth. And the truth is, when I am caught in self, I cannot be of service to another human being. And my job is to be of service. My primary purpose is to stay sober and then help someone else. But sometimes my insecurities and my emotional frailties don't let me get to that position where I want to be of service. So in spite of how I feel, I have to do things against what is my natural nature and do these things that the program teaches me to do. That's how I keep of my character defects. Um, it tells us, uh, false pride is the reverse side of the coin. The, coin, the ruinous coin marked fear. I have a problem when people say the opposite of fear is faith. I am one of those people that I know fear and faith can be in the same place at the same time at the exact same moment. I was diagnosed with cancer, <clears throat> and I was pretty ill at one point, and. Uh, I had to go through a liver treatment at the same time. I was living with chronic pain, but I knew that God was going to take care of it. Uh, I'm going through stuff now, and I know God's going to take care of it. Uh, I have all the faith in the world. That does not mean I'm not afraid. It does not mean, I because I don't know the unknown. I have a lot of faith in God, but I still can be afraid at the same time. I know they, we talk about false evidence appearing real, or we'll face everything and recover. I can only do the footwork. I'm in the footwork business. God is in the the result business. <clears throat> my prayer is the eight-step prayer. If an eight-step prayer on a daily basis give me the strength and courage to do the right thing no matter what the personal consequences are. I might have to deal with health issues. But when I look at some of my health issues, i got to look at what they really came from. Live under a bridge, breathe in carbon dioxide for five years, put the stuff you put in your body, use as much alcohol as you do, wonder why your liver and your body's not functioning properly and you can't breathe. I mean, it makes sense. You know, I tell the story, I worked in the movie industry in the old days, they had carbon lamp box and I would want to do uh, my powdered alcohol or my smokable alcohol, I would open up the lamp house and be breathing in carbon dust while I was trying to get a little buzz on because I couldn't walk out smelling from alcohol, and then as soon as I could go out I would get the liquid alcohol. So it didn't matter the way I took my alcohol, my thinking was alcoholic, And you breathe in carbon dust long enough and you're going to ruin your lungs. It's really that simple. There is a reality to the things I did is why I am where I am today. So, you know, when I look at that part of the cause and effect, when I do an inventory on it, I have to realize I created a lot of my ill ill health problems. Cutting my hand with a circular saw it was an accident, I, you know, and I talk about that. I uh, took my hand off with a circular saw, and they reattached it. Uh, and what ended up happening was uh, I was looking at a piece of wood, and the cat jumped down, and I looked at the cat. And because I was a smart guy when I worked in the entertainment industry and I looked into a lamphouse, I uh, got a burn in the back of my uh, eye so I don't see clearly out of one eye. So when the cat jumped down, I turned my head and I thought the saw was going straight and I took it over the wood in my hand. A direct result of me not paying attention. Uh, God gets my attention somehow or other. And that was with six years of recovery in my, under my belt. And then I lost a girlfriend in the house, and I was homeless in recovery. But what I did is I showed up at meetings, and I carried the message that even though I was going through all that, drinking and drugging was not something I was looking to do. I was looking at how do I stay in this program, and I was fighting to stay. You know, I always hear, keep coming back. I don't like keep coming back. I'd rather like hear everybody say, stay. It works better when we do. It really does. You know, and, I, and that's important to me. So it tells us, you know, uh, uh, I, I can have fear and faith at the same time. And, and to me, the opposite side of my fear is that I'm too afraid to ask for help. It is my pride that gets in the way. When I'm hurting, if I am prideful and I don't come to you and let you know I'm hurting, I'm telling a lie to myself. When I tell a lie to myself, the lie is going to tell a lie to me, and eventually I'll pick up a drink. I tell a lie, the lie tells a lie, and I get drunk. Because what I'm doing is I'm easing God out of this. My ego gets in the way. My pride is in the way. Then all those character defects start blooming, and if they bloom well enough and I nurture them well enough, a drink looks good. And I don't want a drink to look good. So I always try to remember where I came from. I don't want to go back to a cardboard box under a bridge where I came from. So to me, I got to remember my last drunk. I got to remember all the things that I went through as I went through them in, in this process. Uh, it tells us in our literature, it tells us we no longer strive to dominate or rule those about us to gain uh, to gain self-importance. I ran a union before I came into Alcoholics Anonymous, and then I lost that job due to my active alcoholism. Uh, I had a wonderful family; I lost that family due to my active alcoholism. And I come in here, and don't you know who I am? I don't want to do what my sponsor says. Uh, are you willing to go any to length? Yeah. Read five pages a day. I'll do anything but read the book. You know. All uh, right. Call me every day. No, I'll do it. I'll call you once every week. And stay sick. I was told. You know, it's real simple. I, our job, my sponsor said, I'm going to be here. You want to do the work? Here's what I'm laying out in front of you. You don't want to do the work? There's the door and here's $20. I mean, it was a little different than We is. So it wasn't, you know, nice guy come in, love me until I'm healthy. Uh, they love me with tough love and they love me with soft love. But they love me. And some I needed both. I needed the tough love and I needed that soft love. So we no longer seek fame and honor in order to be praised. when we... uh. uh When by devoted service to family, friends and business or community, we attract widespread affection and we are sometimes signed on for posts of greater responsibility and trust. We try to humbly be grateful and exert ourselves to more the spirit of love and service. True leadership, we find, depends upon the able example and not vain displays of power or glory. Uh, Somebody asked me once how many people I sponsor. Depends on what day you ask me depends on who God puts in front of me today. I think we all sponsor each other on given days. I have a direct sponsor who I am accountable and responsible to. But if I come into this room and I have a problem, and I go to my sponsor, like when I had to give my children up, and my sponsor was single and he never had to give children up, he said, I oh, want you to go to a meeting, raise your hand, and ask how many people give it their children and how they do that without getting drunk then shut your mouth and listen. And that's what I had to learn to do. And that's what I did do. And I had to do these things when I got ill and I came down with hepatitis. I had to find other people who went through that misery, and it is a miserable treatment. Uh, And how I did that through the depression and everything else without getting drunk, I had to come in people in here and see the people who went through that process and didn't drink over it. And that gave me the hope. And that's what this is all about, passing forward what somebody else has already done. Uh, So, you know, we all have different varied experiences with this. So that's how we carry the message, one of the ways we carry the message. Um, Still more wonderful is the feeling that we do not have to be especially distinguished among our fellows in order to be useful and profoundly happy. You know, we we talked about having the awakening uh, as, as a result of doing the steps, and now we talk about how we carry the message. Uh, I sponsor people. I speak a lot all over. That's what I'm asked to do. I show up. I don't say no. That's what I was taught to do. Uh, I set up chairs. I still greet people. I still make coffee. I do the things I did when I first got in here. They told me asht- ashtrays, brooms, and chairs. Uh, I came out of a group, and I came out of a halfway house, and I came out of the institutional, the, the institutional system. And my halfway house, when I first got here, I couldn't get a job because I was a union official in the this, this state of Florida. They weren't going to hire me because they thought I was going to try and organize me, who couldn't, 132 pounds and couldn't see straight. They thought I was going to take over, like uh, the Boca Resort. I won't get into that story. The Boca Resort. Uh, but, but because I worked at a union, they didn't hire me, I was told. Uh, so I ended up working at Denny's, busing tables. And you know what, as humiliating as it was for me, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because I had such an opportunity to do 12-step work. How do we carry the message? People would come in for a cup of coffee at two o'clock in the morning when I was working and I was able to talk to somebody or somebody knew I was working there and before they went to running to the bar at Grabby Jack's, they'd walk over to Denny's and have a cup of coffee and say, I don't feel good, George. And I wasn't, that, I wasn't around that long, but it gave me the ability to sit down with another alcoholic. Whether they drank or not is not my business. My job is to carry the message of hope that they don't have to, even when they want to. Uh, you know, uh, setting up chairs, you know, I, I, I like what my sponsor did to me. He started off real early on because service is such a key in how we carry the message, or at least how I did. Uh, he used to have me come in early and stand by the door and say hello to everybody. And then he used to have me save him his seat. And then after I saved him his seat, and I was greeting people at the door. He taught me how to make coffee. They made coffee so good that they gave me an assistant the next week, uh, because I didn't know how to make coffee. I, you know, I just made mud, and uh, they didn't say anything. They just gave me somebody to help me out there the following week, and then after a while I became a coffee maker, and then I, I began to, you know, setting up chairs and breaking down chairs, and my sponsor didn't like the idea that I kept sitting in the same spot week after week. So what he did is he took a, a marker in the bottom of one of the chairs, And he wrote my name in it and I had to get there a half hour early and find out where he placed it. So each week I was in a different spot and he already had it lined up who was going to be sitting next to me. So I got to be getting to doing a lot of service because he put me around a lot of people that were very sober. And I'm grateful for that. I didn't know that what was going on. I was his pet project, he used to say. So we all carry the message in a different way. You know, I sit down with uh, someone last week and I have the breakfast and I'm carrying the message and he's carrying the message. We carry the message to each other in so many different ways. A phone call from somebody. uh, On my way here today, I got a phone call from somebody up in Broward that I haven't spoken to in almost seven years. Just said, You're on my mind. I just called Salo. What a pleasant feeling that is. I have a sponsee up in North Carolina who called me not too long ago and uh, he's got uh, 15 years. I had six months of sobriety when I started sponsoring him. He's still sober. I had nothing to do with that except lay down what was given to me so freely. And that's the gift we get. Um, It tells us that humility is a word that is a big problem for a lot of us. It's knowing who we were when we got here by a desire to become what we could be. Humbly under the grace of God do we walk. Uh, you know a lot of people have a lot of problem with God. get used to it because that 's what this is all about it 's about finding a relationship with that power that you can call whatever you want but it 's God you know whenever somebody says they ain 't got it yet in case anybody doesn 't know what it is it is God, and uh, God will come to you if you ask, and you know what God even comes to you when you don 't uh, The grace of God sometimes is heavy and unjust. you know we talk about that. Uh, It tells us that God's sight, all human beings are important. The proof that love freely given surely brings a full return. The certainty that we are no longer isolated or alone in self-constructed prison. The surety that we need no longer be square pegs in round holes, but we can fit and belong in God's scheme of things. These are the permanent and legitimate satisfactions of right living. For which no amount of pomp or circumstances, no heap of material possession, could possibly be substitutes. You know, the book, the uh, big book, page one twenty seven, which is one of my favorites, states that for us, spiritual well being always preceded material, not the other way around. I had everything backwards. I, I was thought if I got the nice car, the nice job, the nice house, the pretty girl, I'd be okay. Uh, when I had all those things, I wasn't okay. And I came in here and they told me this was an inside job. It was about spiritual well-being. I didn't know how to be well spiritually. I was very spiritually sick, like most of us when we get here. And uh, they tell us when we straighten out mentally and physically, we'll straighten out spiritually. Well, I'm around a long time. and I think I'm pretty spiritually okay most of the time. My mental and physical is still not straightened out. But that doesn't mean I'm not spiritually connected anymore. When I got here I needed to get my head cleared up. I needed to do the physical exercise. Today I'm physically not capable of that, but it doesn't mean my relationship with God is not intact. I know that if God brings me to something today, he gets me through something. Uh I didn't believe that when I got here. Oh, how did I end up here, I was sitting in a room with guys that were 60 and old? And thank God I'm in a room with everybody's younger than I am. It makes me feel a little better uh that I'm a little older now. That's a good thing. And it tells us, you know, When I came in here, we talk about that prayer life, that prayer life that I came in here. The first prayer I had was help and thank you at the end of the day. As I go through these steps, we did 27 prayers, if you read the big book, through those 12 steps. So there's at least one prayer for every step in the big book. That's not counting the prayers in the 12 and 12. We talk about the promises of the ninth step. I want to talk about uh, practicing these principles in a minute, but I, I want to try and talk about all the promises. There's a whole bunch of promises. Uh, first step, promise. Uh, this is the, step, uh, the first step towards liberation. We start to recognize humility as the pathway to sobriety. The omission of power leads to happy, purposeful, purposeful lives. Second step, promise. Spiritual principles solve all my problems. We have uh, lost faith in AA uh, we find it. Uh, this is the rallying point to sanity. We begin to have a right relationship with God. Third step, we find him deep down within us. He has come to all those who have honestly sought him. Uh, Williness uh, develops. We acquire the rudiments of faith. A uh, locked door is now open. Fourth step, we become, become trusting and rely on God. We become to match calamity with serenity. We commence to outgrow fear. We begin to know and and understand ourselves. We have a a hope for spiritual growth. Uh, Self-discipline begins. We begin a new kind of confidence. We will gain a sense of relief and finally facing ourselves. Blame of others disappears. Uh, Fifth step promises. Once this step is taken, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone in perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel a to our creators. We begin to have a spiritual experience. We feel as though we're on the broad highway, walking hand in hand in the spirit of the universe. We begin the true kinship with man and God. We will lose uh, the sense of isolation. A sense of <laughs> relief comes over us. We receive forgiveness and learn how to give it. We are a healing tranquility takes place. Sixth step. We, aban- uh, we abandoned limited objectives and moved towards God's will for us. God has granted us a perfect release from alcoholism. Seven step promises. Uh, we first see humility as a necessity. We now enjoy the moments in which there is something like real peace of mind. We begin to fear pain less. We make the change in our attitude moving from ourselves toward God and, toward- and towards our fellows. Nine step promises, which we all know, I'm going to go over them anyway. Uh, we um, get over drinking. We're doing our most to strain out the past. A step, promise, I'm sorry. We get over drinking by doing what we can. Uh, we we'll do our most to strain out the past. We will be granted, uh, we will be gratified with the results. Friends, uh, feuds of years standing melt away. Really, do we fail to make satisfactory progress? Uh, in the be- uh, it's the beginning of the end of isolation from our fellows and from God. We begin the basic flaws. We begin to see the basic flaws responsible for the whole pattern of our lives, the nine-step promises. If we are painstaking about this phase of a development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. Uh, we will not shut the door on the past. We will comprehend the word, surrender, and we'll know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our benefit, uh, how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. A whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being filled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them ten step promises, my favorite ones believe it or not, they are my favorite we will uh, enter the world of the spirit we will cease fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol sanity will have be, re- be returned, we will seldom be interested in liquor uh, we recall from it as though we're from a hot flame we act sanely and normally we will find that this, uh, our whole new attitude toward liquor has been given to us without any thought or effort on our part we are not fighting it nor are we avoiding, uh, avoiding temptation. We feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. Uh, we are neither cocky nor we are afraid. Uh, that is uh, how we behave as long as we keep a in in fit spiritual condition. Eleven step prob- promises. Uh, what used to be the hunch and the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Our thinking will be more on a plane of inspiration. We become much more efficient. We do not tire as easily. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we've tried this for a while. It works. It really does. Life will, will take on a new meaning. Meditation and prayer produce the unshakable foundation for life. We are no longer live in a hostile world. We are no longer lost, frightened, and purposeless. Twelve step promises. Uh, we can do all sorts of things alcoholics are not supposed to do. We are, we do not carry the world's troubles on our shoulders. We absolutely insist on enjoying life. We will be released from care and boredom. Our imagination will be fired. Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory of our existence lies ahead. We will make lifelong friends. It, we stop fighting anybody or anything. If we persist, remarkable things happen. You will make mistakes, but if you are earnest, they will not drag you down if you capitalize them. A better life will emerge when they are overcome. We have found a spiritual experience. We are no longer isolated and alone. We are no longer square pegs and round holes. Love and service, freely given, uh, is bringing a full return. We desire to live usefully and walk humbly under the grace of God. We believe carefulness and laughter make the youthfulness. That ain't just nine promises that we read every week. There's a hundred and plus in there. And by doing these steps, the principles, because principle is a belief of something that I had when I got here. My principles weren't very good. Uh, Over the last 12 weeks, these are the principles that came into my life in a positive way. Action, admittance, awareness, assets, amends and restitution, uh, adaptability, acceptance, achieving, awakenings, attitudes, affections, brotherhood, balance, belief, belonging, blessings, beauty, courage, confidence, consciousness, companionship, coping, calm, uh, clarity, Comprehension, consideration, confession, conviction, counsel, correction, careful, courteous, cautious, common sense, concern, conversation, candor, choice, change, character building, centered, care, continuance, contact, consciousness, comfort, conditioned, this, uh, Discussion, Discretion, Dependence, Disclosure, Desire, Determination, Discipline, Declaring, Direction, Discovering, Decency, Endurance, Ego Puncturing, Effectiveness, Exposed, Experience, Esteem, Effort, Emotional Balance, Faith, Forthright, Forgiving, Fortitude, Fair-minded, Freedom, Facts, Focus, Frankness, Forgiveness, Foundation, Financial Responsibility, Fearless, God, Grace. Goodness, guidance, good purpose, good judgment, generosity, growth, God consciousness, God dependency, good living, gratitude, hope, higher power, honest, helpful, healing, house cleaning, harmony, humility, happiness, insight, inventory, uh, investigation, integrity, immediacy, instructiveness, justice, joy, just, judgment, kind. Knowledge, kinship, listening, liberation, love, learning, labor, motives, morality, maintenance, miracles, meditation, obedience, open-mindedness, objectiveness, patience, protection, persistence, peace of mind, perspective, practicing, principles, purpose, purposeful, prayer, practical, peaceful, uh, preparation, promptly, Personal inventory, pause, prudence, partnership, quiet, quality, quiet time, rest, readiness, reflection, recognizing, restitution, restitution, relief, realistic, resolution, repair and amend, restraint, relaxation, right objectives, review, revealing, revelations, sobriety, self-overhauling, seeking security, sacrifice, spiritual values, self-discipline, straight thinking, Sincerity, strength, spirituality, service, searching, selfless, serenity, sanity, stocktaking, self-forgetting, sympathizing, self-examination, sensible, steady, self-control, self-restraint, scrutiny, spiritual truth, steadfast, solution, spirit, self-survey, truthful, tolerant, thoughtful, trustworthy, temperament, timely, truth, tact, thankful, understanding, useful, usefulness, unity, Vision, virtue, values, vigilance, willingness, wise, well being, willing, and wisdom. And if you don't think that's worth the trip to becoming a better human being and changing the way your life is from that selfish, self centered, self seeking individual that walks in this room as I did, and through that grace and through that work, because it tells us in the back of our big book that to duplicate What we have found, which was the first 100, is only a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. Like I said, those are the things I don't want to do. I want to end with a little prayer that well, it's a little poem. And actually, I have given out the long version of this. This was written, it says anonymous, but it's not anonymous. It was originally written by a judge in the Chicago group on the fourth year anniversary. It's called Why We Are Chosen. And that's the same judge who wrote that you cannot incorporate a spiritual entity. And that's why A could not, when we wanted to be like the Red Cross, and that's tradition stuff. But it's really important to realize that this is a spiritual entity. And that's what we hear all about, is to move into spirit. And this is why we were chosen. And it says, God, in his wisdom, selected a group of men and women to be the purveyors of His goodness, in selecting them through, uh, through whom to bring about this phenomenon, He went not to the proud, the mighty, the famous, or the brilliant. He went instead to the humble, to the sick, to the unfortunate. He went right to the drunken, the so-called weakling of the world. Well might He have said to us, "Onto your weak and feeble hands, I have entrusted a power beyond estimate. To you have been given that which has been denied the most learned of your fellows. Not to the scientists, nor to the statesmen, to the wise or to the mothers, not even to the priests or the ministers have I given this gift of healing to alcoholics which I entrust unto you. It must be used unselfishly. It carries with it great responsibility. No day can be too long. No demands upon your time can be too uh, urgent. No case can be too pitiful no task too hard, no effort too great. It must be used with tolerance for I have restricted its application to no race, no creed, no denomination. Personal criticism you must expect. Lack of appreciation will be common. Ridicule will be your lot. Your motives will be misjudged. You must be prepared for adversity. You. For what men call adversity is your ladder you must use to ascend to the rungs towards spiritual perfection. And remember, in the exercise of this power, I shall expect far from you beyond your capabilities. You are not selected because of your exceptional talents. And be careful always if success attains your efforts. Do not ascribe to personal superiority. That to which you can lay claim only by virtue of my gift, I have wanted if I wanted learned men to accomplish this mission, the power would have been as, as, uh, entrusted to the physician and the scientist. If I wanted eloquent men, there would have been many anxious for the assignment for talk is the easiest used of the th- talents which I have endowed mankind. If I have wanted scholarly men, I would have filled with better qualified men than you who would be available. You were selected because you have been the outcast of the world, and your long experience as drunkards have made or should make you humbly alert to the cries of the distress that comes from the lonely hearts of the alcoholics everywhere. Keep in mind the omission you made on the day of your profession in AA, namely that you were powerless and that it was only with your willingness to turn your life onto my keeping that relief came. Uh, It says author unknown, but the author is known. Uh, I am so grateful for the people who gave me this gift to let me be able to try with all my heart to pass it to one other alcoholic, and by God's grace, so many people in this room will be doing the same thing. We each get a day in the barrel. This last 12 weeks was mine. Next 12 weeks will be someone else's. God keeps passing this forward. So if you got anything out of this, please pass it forward. Thanks for letting me share.